Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. Hi, I'm your host, Paul Speed, and today I'm sitting in the studio with my wife, Nikki. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Wonderful. Good. I am glad to hear that. I'm excited to be here today because in our last podcast, um, you got to share your story, your history, and kind of leading up to our wonderful engagement and getting married and together. And even though it's been right at a year now, um, what you and I discussed on there was being able to go back and put, um, articulate to our audience, what are some of the things we put in place that helped us feel or believe that we're going to have the greatest success moving forward? And that's what we want to share today. And um, believe it or not, that involves communication and or lack of it or negative communication. And um, I think you and I, have both seen, um, I know through my family experience growing up, um, my first marriage with Jenny, other relationships now through our ministry, I've seen a lot of marriages do well, but I've seen a lot of them not do well. And although we tend to look at one or two things as being the problem, um, a yes. lot of things come back to communication, don't they? Yes, it does. And you would think maybe adultery or something like that would be the leading cause of divorce. But a survey that we just recently read said that 65% of marriages lead to divorce because of communication problems. Wow. I know. And 43% lead to divorce because of their inability to resolve issues. Wow. So well, communication really is number one. Well, I think it is. I um, And I can understand it because if you and I can communicate and understand one another, we resolve almost 100% of the issues we have. Yes, but it's when we don't or things go awry in re- area of communication that things tend to go bad. And, you know, even in the ministry, or I know I've looked at relationships my whole life. And when I think back, I can see that really it was communication problems. Yeah. And you would think we all learn to communicate in a healthy way and because of the way we're raised or our family of origin and so forth. But as that survey that we saw that you just articulated, um, most couples said their marriage fell apart because of communication issues. So that's huge. So I, I remember in the beginning when you and I began talking about possibly pursuing one another toward marriage, um, we discovered some things about ourselves. And I think that led us both to begin to question, okay, if this is the way we are, if this is the way we're wired and so forth, what are some things we can put in place now that's going to give us the best chance for success? And some of that, um, I think, was based on the way we are wired. You and I are both introverts. Yes, <laughs> so, we are a lot alike in many areas. Yeah, and we kind of laughed in the beginning because... I was married to an extrovert for 31 years. Jenny, total extrovert. And you guys were extreme opposites. Extreme opposites. I was an introvert. In fact, when she when she and I were about to get married, she was cautioned multiple times to not marry me because I was so silent. And um, she was also encouraged by people who knew me to say, promise me you're not going to make Paul talk. He doesn't share his emotions or feelings. So people in the very beginning could see that Jenny and I might have communication issues. From anybody that knows our testimony, the purpose and the reason Whit Ministries is here is because there was more than just communication. There was uh, moral failure in my life, number one, that I could not communicate to her. I mean, that really was the basis of it. I was afraid to tell her. 
And I can remember you telling me that you, you guys even tried to be open and honest mm. and share your past, but you couldn't communicate it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. She could. And I don't know if that was because of being an extrovert or not, but nevertheless, she could. I couldn't. And years later, we had to reap the consequences of those. Um, so you and I both saw we're introverts. In other words, we're quiet in nature. We uh, we're both internal processors. There's a big difference. External processors talk about everything under the sun. Whatever's on their mind um, comes out their mouth. And uh, But you and I tend to mull over things. Yes, of. we definitely have to work towards opening our mouths and talking. Right, right. So we would, and especially I think that comes into play when there is um, an issue or a conflict or kind of a, a, a problem that's um, a misunderstanding maybe yes that we can tend to go silent and you and I saw that those were some of the negatives we didn't want to do we didn't want to go silent in our relationship um, which causes you to avoid you know build relational walls you tend to it just breaks down everything and an internal processor like myself see my my personality and brain says it's the best method. It's safe, but in reality, it's going to damage this relationship. And you and I saw that, not only in ourselves, but we knew it was going to impact our relationship if we left that unchecked. Yes. So as you and I talked, what we discovered and what we decided to do were what are some of the main things that we know we needed to put into place? And that's what we're going to share today. And depending on where you're at, if you're thinking about getting married, or if you've been married for 30, 40, 50 years, um, that doesn't really matter. Um, hopefully through this podcast, you'll be able to stop and look at your own marriage and say, what are the communication, either pitfalls or the positive areas of communication in our marriage that are going to give you the best chance for future success? Because you and I kind of looked at our marriage as a house. And if you remember, we talked about if we can start now with a firm foundation. Yeah, because every house starts with a foundation. Right. And if that is solid, in other words, very few cracks and issues, then the chances for success years down the line, it's going to be much greater. And you and I were trying to think ahead 5, 10, or even 20 years if we live that long. And what are the things we could put in place that are going to give us that best chance of success? Yes, because like you said earlier, just even through the ministry, a lot of people come and say, oh my gosh, adultery mm. is the thing that ruined our marriage. But what we've been able to see is it's usually early on there were things in their marriage where the foundation wasn't strong. Right. And we just saw in our own relationship that communication could be one of those weak areas because mm. we didn't want to get 10, 20 years down the road and have some big issue cause our marriage to crumble. Right, because a big issue can be problematic in and of itself, and it's just going to have its own consequences. But in most couples that we meet and that we um, do the ministry, by time the big issue happens and we sit down with a couple like that, either through our couples intensives and so forth, we discover they've got communication issues. Yes. And it's been, <laughs> it's been there for a long time. Yeah, it didn't just happen. Yeah, it didn't just happen. So, but then it's easy at that point, like you said, to point at that big stone, that big rock and say, that's why our marriage crumbled. But the truth is there's been years of small, you might want to say choices because every choice you make becomes a building block in the foundation of your marriage. Yes. And over the years, they are either positive, strong, or they're negative and they're weak. 
And when the pressure does come in a marriage, that's when it really does tell what's this house or this marriage built on. So as you and I thought about what are some of the positive things or one of the strong blocks, let's say it that way. Yes. Obviously, the very first one we knew was honesty. And that's an easy one for anybody who follows WIT Ministries, I think, because being honest and open, which is part of our slogan, open, broken, and free, being open, um, not hiding, say, our past. In other words, no secrets. So it didn't just mean presently kind of what's going on, but in the past. And you and I had years and years of past. I had my own marriage and plus before that, but we still took time to... And it's interesting because we both had heard each other's stories. True. We knew true. things about each other, but a lot of the details were missing. Yeah. Because well, obviously my story's been on a video for years, but you're right. We took the time to talk through details, specifics, and part of being honest is allowing the other person to ask questions. Um, because sometimes you and I would hang up the phone late one night after talking through some, some things that the other one may not have known, but it would be a day or two. And something would pop in your mind and go, well, wait a minute, did he mean this or did she mean that? And part and of we still ask some of those we, questions. <laughs> we still do. And I think that's part of the way we learn to communicate yes. is we agreed on that we were going to allow each other to ask questions and, uh, and be willing to walk through those questions with an honest answer. Oftentimes it's just bringing more clarity into yes. the situation. And, um, but that's made us stronger, I think. So I think any marriage should be able to stop a relationship, should have that, I believe, as a number one foundational stone. Because if you think about it, if you really want to know somebody, but you have secrets or hidden things, how can you really, really know that person? Yeah. And it's in the long run, that's just, it's, that's going to be problematic. That's going to cause issues in the long run. Um, and unfortunately, there is a lot of mm, teaching and belief out there that you're past your past, or once you get saved, you don't need to go back. Once you get married, you don't need to go back. But who you are today, Nikki, and who I am today is really a culmination of years and years and years of what's happened to me and how I've chosen to respond to those things. And um, so what you get today is that. <laughs> yes. And it helps you and it helps me understand you better. I love understanding you better because I can look back to those things that you've shared with me from your past, and I understand more of why you are a certain way or exactly. respond a certain way. So it helps, I think, bring us closer together. But that was one of the first things we did. Yes. One of the second tools or principles or ways of communicating was you and I decided to always, uh, which we've mostly done. <laughs> <laughs> We're still a work We're in st progress. <laughs> but to have healthy, what we call healthy communication. And I think if there was a foundational stone for that, it would be respect. Yes. And what I mean by respect is listening to understand, uh, which gives value to the other person, in other words. Because I also know a lot of times when we listen, it's not always to understand, but it's trying to gain ammo to prove that mm. I'm right. Mm. You know, it's trying to justify how I'm feeling. And I'm, if I'm not listening to understand, then I'm really just trying to listen to prove myself right instead of really trying to understand your feelings. That's good. And in doing that, I want you to understand me 
but I don't want to understand you. Yes. And because uh, and then what that communicates is your feelings or emotions or your makeup or whatever doesn't really matter. Exactly. And um, so we decided that we wanted our communication to be respectful, um, not only honest, but to be healthy. And part of that meant not going silent because you and I, our tendency is to go quiet as introverts Yes, under the guise or the excuse of I'm processing. And we've <laughs> yeah. done that several times in our marriage and we kind of let it go and say, well, I'm just processing. And sometimes we give a time limit on that. Well, we have to. And I think that's a fair thing. And um, to be able to say, okay, can you give me 30 minutes? I just need to be quiet and mull this over. But we know we're going to come back to it. But the tendency is to go quiet. Yeah. And just to... Kind of like the other day. Paul was busy working, and when he gets busy, he gets very focused, and he can what? get quiet. What? And so he is busy at his computer. He's been there for, you know, a couple hours, and I'm I'm feeling like, gosh, he hasn't said anything for a while. I wonder if he's okay. I wonder if something's bugging him. Something's on his mind. So I went to him, and I said, hey, Paul. I said, are you okay? He just loves it when I ask him that. That's right. It's such a great question. Two letters, I guess it's. Four letters, okay. Depends on how you spell it. Yeah. And he looks up at me and he chuckles and he goes, <coughs> yeah. yeah. And instantly I'm like, well, why did he laugh at me? You know, right. I felt like he was making fun of me. And so I went, okay. And I walked away and I right. felt myself instantly like hmm. hurt. Right. And I'm thinking, why did he laugh at me? You know, doesn't he, doesn't he care that I care how he's feeling, you know? And I felt, I really felt unheard mm. and like, you know, you just really didn't care. Wow. And, and I had no idea. No. I just no. turned back around and went, I just communicated to her with a chuckle. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. And then I turned back around and continued whatever it was I was doing. Yeah. So I'm starting to stew mm. and think, well, what's wrong with him? You know, there must be something wrong. He's just laughing at me. And I thought, no, no. Um, that's usually not how he is. Mm. So I thought to myself, okay, we've had a commitment to communicate. And I thought, okay, I need to go ask him, you know? And so I did, I came back to you and I said, okay, can we talk? Right. And I remember I had to make a choice and I stopped and I spun my chair around and all of that. He quit looking at his computer. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped what I was doing. I could tell by the tone of your voice that something was up, that this wasn't just a question, like, yes. can we talk later or whatever. I knew something was bothering you. Yes. And I think what I'm really glad about is, again, this is part of what you and I put into place with this healthy communication. Yes, because I could have, just like we were talking about, gone silent and just right. stewed on it. Right. And our commitment in not going silent is to not run away from these and things, you know, but to deal with them. It's really good to not, it's not always easy Mm-mm. because... Sometimes we feel stupid. Sometimes we feel like, oh my gosh, I might be rejected or something. But you still have to do it. Yeah. And in my mind, I could be thinking, what in the world? She's got a problem. Why do I have to stop what I'm doing? In other words, we're both adults here. Can't we just move on? But that day, I stopped. I spun my chair around. He said, come here and sit on my lap. Yeah, I put my hands Uh, on my lap. Instantly, I'm like, okay, this is looking better already. (laughs) Well, I know your physical touch. Yes. So I'm like, come sit on my lap. And um, you sat on my lap, and I said, okay, what's what's going on? What are you hearing? What are you thinking right now? Yeah, and I could have said, well, you jerk. You totally blew me off, but I didn't. I right. said, okay, this is. I'm feeling unheard. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm being made fun of. Okay, yeah. I wasn't blaming you. I wasn't accusing you. I said, okay, I'm 
communicating how I'm feeling. Because of me because, chuckling. Yeah, and I said, I said when that. you laughed at me, this is how I felt. Mm. Yeah, which is kind of like an active listening skill as you see people do. In other yes. words, and it's kind of what you and I practice without thinking about it, but this is part of what we call respectful, healthy communication is walking through an issue or a problem or a question or in this case uh, something uncertain until we both have full understanding yes and being willing to ask questions and so forth so you're bringing to me your feelings and what you felt and i could have reacted i could have said that's ridiculous i've just got to get this done and you should go clean dishes now or do something else you know yeah but instead you okay what i hear you saying is (laughs) i did the tool right yeah he did he was very proud of him i said what i hear you saying is that when i chuckled at you that it made you feel unloved um unheard and that um i was too busy for you so to speak um Mm -hmm. kind of diminished you in other words and um i and that the moment i heard you say it and i repeat it back on my mouth i know that's not what i wanted to communicate that's not what i felt at all so once i said that i said um, well, this is w- why I said it, and I articulated to her the reason I said it was I was chuckling because I'm amazed at how it takes the slightest distraction or unfocused from me kind of toward us. I don't know if unfocused is the right word, but me getting mm, consumed with something else, and it made you feel there was a disconnect or that maybe something wasn't okay and you didn't know what it would be with but be- you- because i know he can go quiet when he's got a lot on his mind and if something's bothering him and it felt the same so i just Excellent. thought well i'm going to ask him that's right because if there was you're my helpmate you want to come along beside me and say what is it and sometimes if something's bothering me you're right i can go silent i'm mulling over that so what i chuckled at though was i thought this is so funny she knows me so well not even well we're right at one year into marriage and just a little bit of silence or even I think it's all internal but in the kind of the emotional sphere of our marriage you're feeling it already Mm -hmm. and in your love for me you ask that question are you okay and I really was okay I was just channel focused trying to move on or whatever and and it's interesting once he said that I was like Oh, now it makes sense. I, I, because we both had to be at that point listening to understand, and and I did. I then understood why he laughed. It wasn't mm. that he wasn't hearing me because he totally did. Mm. Um, but that he was just amazed. Right. Well, it really was interesting because as we talked through it, and the beautiful thing is we kind of resolved it very quickly. Oh, very quickly. Yes. But the truth is, I know in my in past and with Jenny and then other relationships where sometimes things like that were left unchecked. Well, and we've had a year to really work on this. And oh, at yeah. first, oh yeah, we didn't always do this no, we and didn't. it took a little longer. Yeah. It's this, the, the reason we could do it so well, I think is because we have made this a central focus Yes, uh, with us to not go silent again, because we're both internal processors. We're not, it doesn't come naturally for us to go, Hey, Mm-mm. This is how I'm feeling. Sometimes even coming up with the feeling words are difficult. Yeah. And I know for me, part of the way I was raised and so forth, but I kind of grew up, grew up not understanding feelings in the first place. And then I almost felt guilty if I had them sometimes. Like, I don't need to express that because you're selfish. And I grew up in a home where all your feelings were always wrong. Mm. So when you laughed at me, I thought, 
it, it did. It triggered. Oh my gosh, he's making fun of me. What I'm feeling is wrong. Wow. So this was, that was a good example of, yes. again, us having a misunderstanding, something that was um, miscommunicated, but instead of just leaving it isolated, letting it fester or be misinterpreted, you took a step, you initiated coming to me for clarity. And then I, re in return, came back to you with that clarification, understanding how you felt, and we were able to resolve it. And I think this has helped us build a huge, strong foundation in our marriage as far as relationship, because we do this. That was one isolated story, but the truth is we do it a lot. Whether yes. we're riding on the road, hey, what are you thinking? Yeah, because we have to ask each other that a lot. We do, because <laughs> we're quiet a lot, and we ask that question, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? And, um, and it helps us um, bring things to the light and clarity. But I think our commitment to respect one another and um, not run from a conflict or not run from if we think this is going to be a misunderstanding or hurt, but walk through it in a healthy way um, has been really huge and instrumental. Yeah, because then the, the third one is the willing, not I wouldn't say the willingness, but the commitment to not run away, but to run to one another, whatever the issue. Yes. And yes, that, not to run from the conflict. Yeah. And that is, you know, I hated conflict growing up. Mm, me like too. I never, I never learned to deal with it, and it was easier to run. I ran away from school multiple times because of issues with teachers or other classmates, feeling embarrassed, and I just didn't know how to process well, it. Well, if you think about it, most people don't like conflict. They'd yeah. rather stuff it, run from it, sure. not deal with it. Well, you know, it'll just get better. Yeah. And Jenny and I did, I think, a four or five part series on resolving conflict. And part of doing that with her, I began to understand that really um, that was shaped very early in my life. And I think for most people, it is shaped very early. And for me, I do tend to run away. And that was the same for your personality. Yes. We could go quiet, silent, not deal with it. But our other commitment was we're always going to come to the other person. That's our commitment to our covenant relationship. We love one another enough to respect one another. and um, Just not, another aspect of respect. It really is. Is we will go to each other first. Right. And try to resolve it. And if we can't, then obviously we will try to get help. But it's been amazing since we've committed to do that that um, we have been able to resolve conflict, and we're getting better at it. Yeah. Well, part of this one, I think also, if you remember, I had, when I first started dating, well, you know, I want to say. Before, it was one of the stipulations if we were going to get to know each other. I said, I had told you that I said, I want to get to know you more. If, you're, if you want to, I said, but part of the agreement I would like is that you and I keep our relationship between you and I. Having WIT Ministries and so much of my life was out there, and that's part of what WIT Ministries is. We share our mistakes with others. Yes. It helps, and that's true. But getting to know you personally, I wanted you and I to learn the technique or the tools to not run to someone else, not run to my brother or a friend. Or when me I run a, to my sister. Yeah, when I have a problem with you or something I don't understand, and go, oh, Nikki's whatever I don't. In other words, I, I remember telling you, if there's something about me you don't like, personality-wise, or I've hurt your feelings, or something else, come to me, and I want to do the same to you. So I, I think that was God showing us yes. in the beginning 
learn to work together. Well, because we're supposed to be battle partners. We are, and I think it's helped us do it, and it's helped us do it very quickly. Yes. And by, it doesn't mean that we can't go to others, and I'm not talking about someone who's in an abusive relationship. Right. Or where there's overt control and lack of communication. Sometimes you have to get some outside help. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about, first and foremost, you and I having the commitment to come to one another. Yes. With whatever the issue is and striving to work that out. Which for you and me, it really means a lot of communication. Yes. And that's been healthy for us, I think. Yeah. And the final principle is uh, really believing the best mm. about each other. Yeah. That was, we saw that in a video. And of course, that comes from 1 Corinthians, um, believing all things. And someone was talking about believing the best in your spouse. And I thought, ooh, that kind of hurts because there's a part of us that wants to be suspect sometimes well, or sure. why did she do that or it's it's all about her or her questioning the other one's motives well even in our little story that we told hmm. um i could have just thought you were a real jerk insensitive and all that you would have been totally wrong well yeah <laughs> but i thought you know what there's something else i either i'm not seeing something right because right. he usually is i chose to believe the best and try to come and understand hmm. And it, or it can be as simple as, oh my gosh, my husband forgot my birthday this year. Mm. And we can just really get hurt by that. But or I could choose to believe the best and think, well, you know, I know he loves me and mm. I know he's really been busy lately. And I'm sure he didn't mean to forget my birthday. Wow. It's really choosing to believe the best. Or I come home late one night, you know, you could be like, where is she at? Mm -hmm. And get all worried and suspect. Or Gosh, I wonder if she ran into traffic or something because she usually doesn't do that. It's really in each situation choosing to believe the best. Right. And I think that helps us again do the healthy communication. Yes. Um, because it, if I believe the best about you, that means at the core of your heart, you do want our marriage to succeed. Yes. Even if you don't have everything together and I don't have everything together, it is at the core. I believe you want what's best for me. Uh, for me and my family, our family, our future. And in doing so, it's going to cause me, hopefully, um, encourage me to pursue resolving a conflict. Yes. Asking questions to understand you better. Um, showing you respect because at the core, I'm believing um, all things about you. And that your heart for me is good. And that... It, that right there alone, I think, helps both of us walk through each one of those. The honesty, healthy communications, the expectations, yes. so forth, believing the best. That's that's what love does. It really does. You're really, that's true. Uh, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never, never fails. fails. So Nikki and I just wanted to share a few of those things with you. I know we can get into so many other things, and maybe in the future we will as far as personality types, love languages, apology languages, things like that. Because we did spend time also talking about each other's weaknesses, uh, what are our love languages, personality types, things like that. And that's and, when and we discovered we were so much alike. And we keep growing in this. We keep getting more information, just like apology languages. Mm -hmm. We didn't really hear about that till a few months ago. And just keep implementing more to make our communication better. Right. And I think having the goal of... At the foundation of our marriage, we want good, healthy communication to be able to resolve things so that there's not 
weak stones, you might say, that are left buried for years because you and I did not take the time to resolve it in a healthy way. And um, we just don't want that. Right. And then no matter what comes our way, our foundation will be strong. And I think, therefore, our marriage and house will be strong. Yes. So we hope that's been an encouragement to you today. And if there's further questions you have or you want to know more about whatever it takes ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website or call us at 336-310-5050. And thank you again for joining us today. So until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes.